Hi, welcome to the Berry Nation podcast, where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April. And I'm Jason. I'm Natalie. And today we're welcoming one of our most favorite humans on the planet, Miss Laura Grabo. Hi, Laura. We're so excited to be able to talk to you. It's been a hot minute since you've joined us on the podcast. It's been a hot minute. It's been a long time, so I feel very honored to be back and hanging out with friends today. Yeah. Well, we've had the the honor, the privilege to actually be hanging out with you in person really, yes. as of late. So yes. that was worth it. If we pause the podcast and we can hang out in real life, we're good. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so before yeah. we dive into our topic today, which is really about goals and you know what makes a good goal and why we can sometimes find it very difficult to like follow through or reach our goals, uh, I'd love to just kind of give you the floor uh, so you can introduce yourself to people if they don't know you yet. Yeah, so I'm Laura Grabo, and I'm a bariatric therapist here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and um, I have been working um, with bariatric patients this fall will be 20 years, and um, what my passion is, is to provide the missing piece to the bariatric surgery treatment plan, which I call head work, and I do that in a variety of ways. I do that through individual therapy. I'm in my office right now here. Um, in Michigan. I also do virtual individual therapy. I do bariatric coaching. Um, I do group work in Berry Nation. And I also have launched and coordinate my own online course on headwork skills. So that's a little bit about me. You are a wizard, genius, like guru, all of the things. If we need something and it has to do with like our mindset or what you call headwork, you are the person that we go to because you are just so skilled. You're so adept at at helping us understand like where we're, where, where our blockages are and then asking us the questions to help us discover what we need. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's a high compliment. I love that. That's my passion. Well, and you also, you put it in such a way that, that everyone can understand. You don't try to talk over everybody's head. There's not a lot of medical jargon in there. You do, you break it down to the most simplistic, but also super helpful way to keep everybody kind of it, on the same page as what you're talking about so mm-hmm. it, uh, it, it's it's fantastic in that way absolutely I like to keep it real so we can leave with something that makes sense in our life and I think that will happen yeah. in today's podcast a thousand percent a thousand percent right so really what we want to know today Laura so our, our theme this summer so if you're watching or listening during the summer of oh my god is it 2022 yeah, it is. <laughs> that went by quick. Um, right. Our, our, our support theme this summer is summer steady. So how can we stay steadily aligned to our goals? And what many of us, probably most of us have experienced is that we set these goals and we're all gung ho and we're like, I'm going to do all the things. And then we kind of peter out, right? We, we don't reach our goals. So we want to know today, why, why do we so easily give up on goals and what can we do to stay more steadily aligned to them? What we, what can we do to reach them? Uh, because right, this bariatric journey is all about setting those goals, setting those milestones, working hard to achieve them. And we want to make sure everybody has the skills, uh, that they need to, to do exactly that. So if you guys are ready to dive in, I say, let's just do it. Let's do it. Good. All right. So first things first, you guys know that on many of the podcasts where they're technical like this, we always like to start with a definition. So you guys know, I went to the Googs. And I said, Google, define a goal for me. (laughs) And this is what the Goog said. Uh, A goal is the object of a person's ambition or effort, an aim or a desired result. 
right? So in kind of our own words, it's just like, this is something that we really want to achieve. This is an end result that, that we want. Mm-hmm. When we think about a goal, what are some things that we, what are goals that we've set in our own lives that we ended up achieving? Um, I think for myself, it was to get a degree, a college degree. I remember growing up and thinking whether or not I use it in my professional life, I I want to at least know that I have done this difficult thing. Um, It was not an easy feat for me. I struggle with anxiety, depression, ADHD. Um, It took me five and a half years to finish my degree because of that. Um, I had to withdraw from classes. I took incompletes, you know, it was not an easy like battle for me. Um, but I eventually made it happen and I eventually got that diploma. And that was like a huge, like life goal of mine, um, from the time I was pretty young. So that's, that's one for me. You know, what is so interesting about how, what you just said, Natalie, is not only did you say, here was my goal, but here are the things that I had to overcome to achieve it. Yeah. Like you instantly already identified, like, "Mm -mm, I knew I wanted to do it and here's what I faced and here's, here's how I got through it. Yeah. It was not easy. I mean, a lot of people say, oh yeah, I got my degree. Like it, it was no big deal, but it was a huge deal for me to, you know, get to the end. And like, I mean, it was it was difficult. So yeah, I always bring that up when I talk about getting my diploma. Yeah. Well, And and the good thing about the way you describe it for yourself is a lot of people when they've been through hard, tough times like that, and they finally get to their goal, they try to kind of romanticize or downplay the the hard times it took or the stuff they struggle through to get where they are because they finally reached the goal. So they don't want to play it up any. So they're just like, yeah, I got my degree. It was cool. Don't worry about it. College was great. Woo woo. But you actually, and you do the same thing with your surgery too, which is also amazing because not only have you reached these amazing milestones, but you remember the struggle it took you to get there and staying in touch with that, I think really is kind of holding on to your why a lot because you're able to, you know, when you harness the power of the struggle that you went through to get there, the results mean that much more. And every time you think about it, you are going to relish in the fact that you did that because you know what you went through to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I always, I think that's something that was passed down from like, from my family to me is that we always like, you look at where you were, you look and remember the struggles because it makes that reward so much sweeter when you remember all of the difficulties that you overcame that goal, when you finally get that goal, you go, when you look back, you're like, Hey, that was really fucking hard. (laughs) My language, but like, that was really hard. And I'm here now. Well, and the other thing I always think of it, I mean, literally Jason, when you were talking, I was like, Oh my God, like, duh. When, if we can remember that we have struggled and overcame things in the past, when we're currently struggling with a new goal, we can use that same resolve. We can tap into that same, like, Oh, wait, I've done this before. This isn't totally new, right? Like you, we can apply that old learning to this new situation, but my brain never thinks that my brain thinks that everything is like completely new and I have no experience in this. So, right. right. It's almost like a defense mechanism. Well, and you'll hear people say a lot of the times the mind will give up way before the body will. 
So you'll tell yourself you can't do something way before your body will physically not be able to do those things. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, you know, talking with Laura and going through the head work things are so important because your journey can and will be successful if you do the hard work, which is the head work, mm -hmm. because your mind will tell you there's no way we can do this. There's no way we can start back over and start at the basics. I've got 50 pounds of weight gain. There's no way I can overcome that. Not thinking about the fact that you did the work, you put it in, you had the surgery, you lost the weight once. You can do it again. It's going to be hard, yes, but it was hard the first time and you still did it. And I would love to jump in here because... <laughs> What? No. <laughs> um, you know, and I think we're going to end towards this too. What I love about this podcast is we kind of start with like, what is a goal? What's the problem? Okay. What does this have to do with our bariatric journey? And now what? And we're kind of jumping into now what? Like, well, how, one of the ways we can stay focused on our goals is remember that we've done it before. And um, April, I love that you said, sometimes you struggle with like, oh my gosh, this is brand new. Like you've forgotten that you've done it before. Jason was echoing that. And so what I do with my patients often, um, I'll just take Natalie, for example, if she came into my office or into group and was like, you know, I'm really struggling accomplishing. Okay. Can you give me something, Natalie? Um, we'll just go with my degree. Okay. Degree. Well, I need something else because I'm going to use your degree. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, how about I breaking a stall? Yeah. Breaking a stall. I'm really, thank you. I put her on the spot. Um, <laughs> I'm really struggling with breaking a stall. And what I do is um, I would work with you, Natalie, and say, well, tell me about a time when you accomplished something really hard. And I think our audience just heard that when you talked about um, your degree, because again, all your focus is on the stall and it's so overwhelming. And then I'll say, well, like, what were some traits about you that helped you um, get that degree? Like what traits helped you keep going? Could you name one? Um, man, really putting me on the spot early <laughs> in the morning. Um, I would say, uh, perseverance. Yeah. You just run my mind. So for early morning, um, I was going to say, as I listened to you share, I heard it was perseverance, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to persevere. You didn't give up on yourself. Um, I heard dedication. I heard commitment. Mm -hmm. um, I, heard I heard pivoting. I heard pivoting. I heard family support, right? Like this was a family value. This was something that, you know, we knew there'd be hard things. So then, right. Okay. I'm like, all right, Natalie. So here you are working on the stall. You're still the same Natalie. You're still the same Natalie that went through went through college, you still have perseverance, you still have dedication, you still have commitment. How can you use those same traits to apply to the stall? Like, what would that look like? Um, I would say continuing to look for new solution, like new ways to achieve that goal, not in the same direction looking for new ways yeah well and what is just so fascinating is like even with your story natalie you you said something that really resonated with me like you said i even had to withdraw from some classes mm -hmm. right when when we're doing that when, when we're saying oh nope this is oh i i made a mistake or this is too much and when we kind of do that pullback we can tend to think like oh i'm going backwards 
but you're not, you're really just saying, Oh, this was not the right thing for right now. I need to take some time, readjust, and then look at the landscape and, and choose, go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Right. It's that pivoting. And, and for whatever reason we get in our heads about our inability to pivot, but that's what this is all about. Right. It's saying, this is still my goal. I just need to go about it a different way. I need to reroute. Right. I need to, I need, I need to recalculate the route, so to speak. Well, yeah, and it's, I mean, I've done, and and I've not, done it before. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, there, and there's nothing wrong with reassessing what's going on. So you can't reassess if you're in the thick of doing the thing. So Natalie knew she had to, you know, withdraw from the class so she could reassess the situation, you know, reevaluate a game plan and then redistribute said game plan. So there's nothing wrong with it. the fact that she did that withdrawn from the class just gave her the mental capacity and clarity to say, this is legitimately how I need to reach my goal. Let me reassess this situation. Now I can, you know, make this new plan, reevaluate and, you know, plunge headlong into it. And you see by doing that, she was able to accomplish the goal. So there's nothing wrong with reassessing the thing. I mean, you know, game plans get changed all the time. That's why there is, that's why there's a plan A, B and C, because, you know, sometimes plan A is just not going to work. Sometimes plan B won't work either. So you Mm -hmm. have to have a plan C, sometimes a plan D. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not saying that you're, that you failed at, at plan A or B. It just means that those didn't work out. You know, it was going to be more difficult or, you know, harder to do with the, with the first A and B. So maybe C provided the way that you could actually get it done. But as long as you get it done, it doesn't matter how many plans it took you to get there. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I, you guys talk about all the different plans and pivoting. I mean, I went from living on campus to, living at home to, you know, uh, and commuting to doing online classes. I mean, I literally did every form of college that was offered to me because I had to, I had to figure it out. I mean, I spent thousands of dollars, like hello, student debt, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get into debt and not get my degree at this point. Like, yes, I need to make this happen. So yeah, I mean, same thing applies to, to life, to any goal. I think that you have, you know, figuring out, okay, how can I make this work for me? Right. And I call that. So back to what were those traits that help you help you accomplish something hard in your life is you also had the strength of Mm self-awareness, right? And so being able to, okay. So I heard you were perseverance. You had commitment, um, determination, but you also had the gift of self-awareness to sit back and reassess like Jason was talking about. And so when we're struggling with our current goals, we can't forget that we still have those traits and we tapped into them before. And I hope they give you hope to like, Oh, well, that's me. Of course I had that. Well, how do I apply that to the stall or getting my hydration in or struggling with a regain or, you know, whatever you're working on. Why, why do we forget that we are the same person, Laura. What? What? Why do we just? Why? Why do our brains just go? Oh, you. You remember nothing. It's almost like it's like this clean slate effect. Almost. Why? <laughs> now I'm going to put you. <laughs> no. No, I think it goes back to, um, in a way, how you introduced me, and you said that you said that one of my strengths was helping you see your roadblocks that you weren't seeing. And I think it's just life. Like there's so much clutter and there's so much going on. And 
for our bariatric patients, you're so stuck on beating up yourself, beating yourself up and all or nothing thinking mm-hmm. that when you come into my office or into my group, I sit outside of your life. So I'm not so in the clutter. And my role is to help you clear the clutter to remind you, you have done this before. Um, I think we're just wired to have stinking thinking and be hard on ourselves and not remember the positive, which has a lot to do with this topic of goal setting. Yeah. Yeah. And what I've really noticed this summer is one of one of the things, one of my goals this summer was I really wanted to, to take some time to be still, to, to reflect, to journal, to be quiet. And I can't believe the things that I'm realizing in just five, 10, 15 minutes of just sitting and doing nothing and just thinking with my, you know, just being with myself. That stillness is missing, I think, from all of our lives because we're also go, go, go. We have so many responsibilities. We're doing all of the things, right? Life continues to come at us. Um, and, and we just don't take the moment to, like you said, kind of step back away from our life and look, look down upon it, you know, not, not that, but you know what I mean? Like I need to get a, I need to get a bigger picture of what's going on here. We're so focused here. We don't, we don't do that. Right. Okay. I want to get, sorry. I just wanted to add, I think also when we're in it, um, the traumas or the difficult things that we went through get buried you know Mm -hmm. when we're in it it's like we're digging this tunnel into like a mountain you know and we can only Mm -hmm. see like the thing that we're going towards and all of that rock that we just blew through is behind us and we just don't see it but it's like we kind of have to like you said we have to turn around and kind of look at those things that were hard and not just shove them in the back of our brain, because that's the reminder of how we can continue to grow and keep going. Yes. And I'm very much, a, I, I am a, I'm a check. I, I'm a to-do list, check off the box, like get it done, move on person. Very real, like, nope, done, nope, done, nope, done. And I'm just like, do, do, do. and I only do this, but this prevents me from really absorbing and utilizing all of the things that I've learned in the past. I'm just yeah. So that's, you know, again, lesson for me, Hey, look at what you have already done, you know, use what you already have. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to keep this trend going because we are learning so much about goals. So Jason, I want you, will you share with us? What's, what's a goal that you had for yourself and you achieved and how did you achieve it? Or like, what did you have to do to overcome? I would say the first real goal that I had set for myself uh, and I'm attributed mine to surgery was getting under 300 pounds. Like I wanted so bad to be under 300 pounds because I was stuck at, you know, 468 and then the 400 for so long that I just wanted like, to me, 299 was everybody else's wonderland. Like if I could see, get under 300 pounds, that was going to be it. That was going to be the best thing ever. And that's, you know, where I was going to be happy to be. And it, you know, literally was that first, you know, 12 months after, you know, post-op just being really regimented, staying on my, on my grind and making sure that I didn't let outside things, you know, creep back in to, to dissuade any of that progress that I had made. I worked really hard on it and saw well below that, even when I started helping Sarah with her pre-op phase and did the liquid diet and stuff with her like she did with me when I did so that was probably the most the 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 major goal that I hit was once I saw under under 300 pounds and what what did you do like what obstacles 
presented themselves along your path and how did you, how did you move around them? Um, probably the biggest one was stalls and just plateauing out and, you know, stopping when I'm losing, but, you know, talking with you guys and talking with dietitians and things and letting me know that that was completely normal, kept my mind in such a state that I knew that it was normal and it was going to happen and it was going to get moving again and just to trust the process and stay on track. And then the the other hardest part about it was not allowing those outside, you know, the, the foods and the snacking and the things that I, you know, really wanted to do because that's how I'd lived my life beforehand, you know, blocking all that stuff out and just sticking to the sticking to my daily routine really made a huge difference in that. And, you know, routines help more than most people give them credit for. You know, the, a routine can help just as much as tracking, just as much as all your other things that you do. Once you build that healthy routine of doing something every single day, it's very hard to break from that and do anything else. And as long as you're setting one that really is a positive, you know, for your situation, it just makes it that much easier to reach the goal. Staying the course is like one of the, right? Like that's what everybody says, just do it, right? It's like the, the it is the Nike slogan. They were brilliant. Just, they were brilliant. And I did not get that, that logo or that slogan until really bariatric surgery. And it's like, oh, you just have to do it even when you do not feel like doing it. Yes, because I often say to my patients, if you wait till you feel like doing it, it will never happen. And I wanted to point out two things that I heard in Jason when it comes to goal setting. And this was kind of like when you went to Google and you said, what is a goal? And, you know, I reflected a little bit preparing for this podcast, like what is a goal? And I think there are two kinds of goals, or maybe they all encompass the one, but I think there's a goal is when we want to add something to our life. Okay. So it adds benefit. April, you want to be still, which I love. But there's also, we want to get rid of some unhealthy behavior in our life because there's risk, right? And they're really two different things. And when we, when our patients are struggling with the disease of obesity, they have a lot of fire at their feet. Okay. There's a lot of fire. There's a lot of things they want to get rid of, right? There's, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's medical issues, right? There was a number you wanted to get rid of, Jason. There's Mm -hmm. fire. You're struggling with some heart problems. You're struggling with sleep apnea. There is a fire, right? Um, And you're ready now to move away from that fire, okay? Because the risks, because you want to add some benefit. And I think, you know, I recently read and I, I, you know, I feel like I could jump into this a little bit more, but um, maybe not today, but I read something. I'm like, huh. And this was just recent and I've been doing this for 20 years. It said, when it comes to human behavior, it's a lot easier to add something than to take away an unhealthy behavior. I would agree with that. I can see see that wholeheartedly, yeah. Okay, and so going to Jason, and and, and I don't wanna minimize the word easier, it's easier to add, right? Like, so I do a routine, I do a structure. This is just what I do, I get my water in. So what that's saying, and, and I'm like, that is really true that, when it comes to habit formation and changing our behavior, yes, it may be hard to add something, but there is that behavior like salty snacks or back to summer study. This is how I lived all my summers for so many years. I kind of long to go back to it. It's hard to, it's much harder to exit behavior that's been there a while. And I think goals involve both. It's adding and exiting. 
That makes me wonder if there are different strategies that are better suited for, you know, eliminating things versus adding things in that. I mean, I don't know if there's an answer to that, but it, it, I mean, I just know in all of our personal experiences, we've all tried to, you know, eliminate some things for me. It's like late night snacking. It's all that kind of stuff. And it is so flipping hard. I have such a hard time doing it. It's like the Post Malone song is going on in my head. I'm going in circles. I am literally going in circles here. And it's just because it is so hard to give that up. But adding something in has been easy. Like I've added a profi routine, reading in the morning and meditating and journaling in the morning. That's been pretty easy to add in. But all the, but taking away is just, I cannot rip it from its, foundation and it's driving me up the flipping wall yeah I think I think what I have learned I learned it a lot in my pre-op because same thing I thought the pre-op diet that I was on was very restrictive like very low calorie you know I was preparing uh, me for surgery getting my liver shrunk Uh, I needed to lose a, a significant amount of weight it was very restrictive, but, um, my dad actually told me, he said, okay, so what can you add to your plate that will make you feel satisfied? Mm. You know, out of these lists, what can you add to your plate? And I added as much as I could to my plate that I could from my list. Right. And I didn't feel like people were like, oh, your pre-op diet sounds so hard. And it's like, well, it kind of wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be just because I had that mindset of like, what can I add to my plate that will help me feel satisfied? So like with late night snacking, it's like, what can I add to my dinner from this like list that will help me feel satisfied? Well, he is, you got some control in your goal, right? It was your doctor's office that gave you the plan. And this kind of goes back to, you know, the question, what makes a good goal or how are they going to stick? It has to be your goal. Like it can't be Laura Grable's goal. It can't be the doctor's goal. It can't be Barry Nation's goal. It Mm -hmm. can't be your spouse's goal, your friend's goal. You have to own it and you have to feel control in it, that you're not being told. And that's what I hear happened with when your dad said, well, what can you add? And then yeah. it was so hard. You took more ownership of it because it mattered to you. Yeah. That, you know, one of the, one of the big goals that I set for myself in my life was I wanted to find, uh, I wanted to find a partner that was a right fit for me. I, I had exited several relationships that were not good. And I just said, I am done with this. I want a partner that is aligned with me and my values and my goals. And I literally said, what, what would somebody add to my life? What would be a benefit? And I literally wrote a list. Uh, it was pages of like, this is what I'm looking for in, in, in a relationship, in, in, a, in a partner that, you know, for my life. And I literally used that list when I dated people. And it was like, do you have these qualities? If you don't, nope, thank you, next, right? It made it very easy, but it was all about adding. What, what, what can I add to my life? Or what is this person gonna add to my life that would be of benefit? So switching that mindset when we're, extracting something can be very powerful. I would have never thought about that, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. 
Laura, what about you? What's been a goal that you have achieved in your life and how, how did you go about doing it? You know, I think there's a lot, but again, I think I go back to my education, but also launching my own private practice and launching an online course, um, stepping into things I've never done before. And here I have accomplished it. Um, and you know, how did I do it? I think I kept it small. Um, I mean, there's so many things, but for the sake of time, I think the one that stands out to me, and I think this, this applies to what we're talking about is I put a good team around me. So I, these ideas of, you know, launching an online course and going into private practice, if I would have done that in my twenties, so I'm in my forties now, I would have think I would have had to do all the things, right? I would have to Mm -hmm. do the marketing. I would have to figure out the launch plan. I would have to do the numbers. I would have like, I have to do all the things. And what I've learned now in my forties, when it comes to my goals, I don't have to do all the things. And maybe that's the strength of self-awareness. There's someone else out there who can do marketing. There's someone else out there who can help me with my numbers. There is someone else out there who can do this piece. And that doesn't make me weak. It makes me strong. And it allows Mm -hmm. me to stay in my sweet spot of what I love to do, which is one-on-one work with patients and education and content development. So how I accomplish my goals, I put a good team around me and we do it together and realize I don't have to do it alone. Well, it's amazing that you bring it up that way because a lot of people think that exact way that if they can't conquer everything together, what have they really built? They didn't really have their hands on every piece and part of it, the ins and outs. So how much of it have theirs is it really? So they get kind of in that ownership, you know, I did it all myself mindset. I'm probably the world's worst about doing that. I want everything to be done by my hands. It all has to be me. Otherwise, you know, what good am I? What value do I bring to the table if I don't have my hands in every little thing going on, stirring all the pots? So it's really good that you brought it up that way in a way that will resonate with people to the point that the the strength is knowing where you are not the best and going out and seeking and finding those people to shore up the areas where you are not as strong in. Because, you know, it's like me, Matt, and April go through this all the time. We, you know, we, we rely on each other on, on our pillars. Like this thing wouldn't stand if it wasn't for us holding, you know, our own legs. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing that, that you were able to bring that out and think, is that just that, that while wow, the light bulbs went off in my head when you said it that way. Yeah. 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 How, how have you, how have our audience, how have you done in the past managing your disease of obesity by yourself? Oh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. right exactly. <laughs> You've needed, you've, you've all had the courage to say, I need a team. Obviously our listeners right now know that they need a team or they wouldn't be listening. They can't do it by themselves, which kind of goes back to, I think one of the questions we wanted to address in our time today is why is giving up on our goals so easy? Yeah. Why does that happen? What do you guys think? I think it's just, it's just very hard. It's, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we were kind of talking about this earlier, but it's one thing to say, I really want to achieve that. It's another thing to actually get to the point where you realize what you're actually going to have to do to achieve that goal. And sometimes it is just not worth it. Right. You, you I, I had this realization when I got to my low weight, I was so thrilled 
But then instantly I was so angry because I realized, oh my God, I'm going to have to do all of these things now to maintain this. I don't want to do all of these things. I really wanted this. I wanted to, to reach this goal, but I did not understand that it was going to take all of this to make that happen. And I was really angry. I felt deceived on a lot of levels. Um, and, and I, now that I'm speaking this out loud, that's probably why I've gone in a different direction all of a sudden, because I am feeling a little bit deceived. I'm pissed off, right? Like I feel lied to. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, why would I keep doing this? If this is a complete deception, even though this is something I very, very much want. Right. When you talk about what, you know, what causes us to not want a bariatric anymore, that's exactly what it is. When you come to the realization, all the work that, that you have to put in for it, you just throw your hands up because it's easier to do nothing than it is to do something. And when right? you, and then, yeah, when you just give up and you're just like, yeah, yeah, I'm just not going to do that anymore right now. And then and, before and, you know it, you turn around and you're like, shit, now I got all this work to do to get back to where I was even when I gave up. Yeah. And in the, and in the beginning, it's so easy. Like the weight's just falling off and you're like, I'm not doing anything. In fact, we are doing all the things we are doing everything. We're doing the, the head work. We're doing the work. We're, we're, we're conscious about what we're eating. We stop when we're full. We're thinking about 20 times. We're doing all of those things, but we're not giving ourselves the credit for it. And then we get to the low weight and we're like, Oh, Oh, wait, I have to do work. I've been doing work this entire time. It just didn't feel like it because I was euphoric, right? I was, oh my gosh, people are commenting and I'm feeling great and look at all that I'm doing. Well, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm, I'm doing it every day now. Oh, this is what I look like now. Oh, my, my weight hasn't changed or, oh, this is my size. And the euphoria wears off and yet you're like, oh, but I still have to, I still, uh, oh, no, no, I don't want to keep doing that. And I think, what we don't consider when setting goals. And I, I know we talked about this earlier, uh, Laura, you brought it up that we don't take our values or like what is important to us into consideration when making those goals. And what I mean is like, what are we willing to do? Like, what are we willing to give up or what are we willing to add in order to achieve those goals? Um, because then once we, we get to that goal, right, we, we lost a hundred pounds. We, you know, get to that size that we wanted. Oh shoot. Now I have to do this every day. Am I willing to do this every day? And that's when like the, the spiraling comes. Um, and I think for me, like I've been through that twice, right? Like I've had two other surgeries. I've done this twice. And the one thing I didn't have, which is why I think when people do give up on their goals, when I gave up on my goals, I didn't have that support system. I didn't have someone to go to, to say, Hey, I'm tired of being a bariatric patient. And then I didn't have that person to tell me, but remember, didn't you want this? How can we keep you here? You know, how can we keep you where you wanted to be? Like, we don't have when we give up on our goals completely, I feel like we just don't have that support network to keep us grounded. There's so much all three of you just said that I want to jump in on. (laughs) It's all you, Laura. (laughs) Can I do that? Yes. So um, April um, and Natalie, I'm hearing you talk about um, some things that I always talk about the difference between want and willing. And um, and then Jason, don't let me forget to go back to yours when you talked about it's just easier to do nothing. I don't want to, I want to, I want to jump on that a little bit too. And so 
I learn the most from my patients. I say that all the time. Like, yes, I, I've been in bariatrics. Yes, I study it. Yes, I've been trained. But I learned the most from my patient stories. And it was actually many, many years ago. I've been doing groups with bariatric patients since 2003. And I can still see sitting in a group, um, this, this patient um, coming to group. And he said, it was him who said, you know what? We come here every, every week and talk about what we want, what we want to do, what we want to accomplish. And he said, I think we're asking the wrong question. I think we need to ask, what are we willing to do to really do that? Mm -hmm. Right. So with you, April, what am I willing to do to stay at this low weight? Really example, give an example. And maybe us, you know, maybe a learning for us, maybe in the beginning in the pre-op stage as us providers, we're selling too much of the want. You want this, we can give it to you, but we're not giving you the whole, like, but you're going to need to be willing to do this the rest of your life and treat the disease of obesity the rest of your life. When I teach on want and willing, I talk about January one thinking it's all of us to get caught up in the moment, December 31 to make our reservation, make our resolutions. Well, of course I want to lose weight. Of course I want to get out of debt. Of course I want to stop smoking. Of course I want to drink less, you know, whatever, you know, it's so easy to say that, but let's just go with the lose weight. What does that mean? You need to be willing to do. You need to be willing to really take on another full-time job because it's hard, hard work, Mm -hmm. which goes back to what Jason said about Um, you know, sometimes it's easier to do nothing. And again, learning from my patients, um, I used to teach a group, you know, on change and embracing change. And why do we resist change? And which is, you know, very tied to goal setting. And I would have them do an activity, um, you know, the pros and cons of weight loss or the pros and cons of obesity. And they'd look at me like, you're the pro of obesity. But when they really got in their small groups and talked about it, they would come out with phrases like this. It's just easier to stay fat. It is. Mm-hmm. Right. And I say that in the most respectful way because it came from my patients. It's very comfortable. It's what I've known. It's what I've known for several years. I snack at night. This is how yeah. I live in the summer. This is what I know. This is a pro. Yep. And that can often be a strong reason we give up on our goals because it's just easier to embrace may not be healthy for us, but it's comfortable and we embrace that old behavior. And what, what I just, my, the aha moment I just had too, is that I am, I only do something if I'm like 99% sure it's going to be successful, right? I am very much a, I mean, Lori, I know you and I've personally talked about this and I don't know necessarily yet what it's actually going to take for me to maintain this low weight forever. So I would much rather just sit back and go, I'm not going to commit to anything until I'm hundred percent sure. But that gives me permission to just not try something and stick with it because I'm too afraid that I'm going to put all of this energy and effort into this one way. And if this one way doesn't work, then I've wasted, I've wasted time. And I do not waste time because I only do something if it's, if it's a sure thing and it's screwing me. It is. It is. And what I'm hearing from you, April, is some themes I've heard even more recently come up in group is there is a fear of failure. And there's also a fear of success on the bariatric journey. And you're what I've learned from my patients is you have a lot of expertise, if you will, of losing weight, gaining it back, losing weight, gaining it back, losing weight, gaining it back. And that's complex as to why that happens. But that's what your brain knows. So 
and oftentimes this is very unconscious is, well, I don't know if I'm really going to be able to keep that. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to keep my weight off because I've never really done it before. Um, and I certainly don't think I can do it perfectly. So I'm just not going to do anything because then it feels safer or then self-sabotage kicks in. Right. So this is a theme that's been coming up. We've been discussing in some groups with bariatric patients is, well, it never works for me. So at least this time I'll be in control of its demise, right? Like, you know, I can, I, you know, I'm going to screw it up because then, you know, it's never going to work for me. So then I'm going to screw it up. I know how to let myself down versus letting other people down, you know? So it's complex and none of you got this in your binders, right? No one got, you know, you didn't talk about how is fear of success going to sabotage you? What is self-sabotage? You know, what is the pros of staying stuck where you are, right? Like these are the, this is the work of weight loss surgery. Well, and that's why a lot of people you see where, you know, we talk about this a lot is when people start having hard times is when you see them start disappearing from, from social media and things and they're not sharing their stories as much and they're not doing the things because that fear of letting other people down is what they go go to so they automatically assume because we're so used to losing the weight and gaining it back that we might as well just you know cut head it off at the past and gain the weight ourselves because we know it's going to come back anyway so you might as well just go back and enjoy yourself and live the best life you did before because at least this time you can say well you know it's not going to happen overnight but a lot of overnight strung together is exactly how it happened the first time. So when people start, you know, becoming recluse on social media and don't want to talk about anything is because they don't want to let those other people down. So they just disappear into their, you know, self-loathing area and just kind of beat themselves up until the point that they, you know, of no return. And then if they happen to actually, you know, resurface and come back, is when they, you know, want to start talking about those things, not knowing that if they would have talked about it in the beginning, we may have been able to help them from, from going that route in the first place, because having somebody to, you know, to help pull you back from the edge is exactly what all of us need at, at one point or another, because I know April and Natalie and you, Laura, have all helped me from going over the edge many times. So having that, you know, accountability partner there to reach out to and say, Hey, I'm really struggling. Like I'm not liking the way things are going. And it doesn't have to be, 30, 40, 50 pounds of regain. Like you can notice things happening really early on and step out and say, you know, I don't know that this is a problem yet, but I can see it's going to be if I don't do something about it and start taking those preemptive steps because now you have the tools, you have the mindset, you have, you know, the, the brain fog is lifted. You're good to go. Like these are things you need to legitimately look at and assess the situation. And if you see something that could potentially be bad, correcting it early is the best and the easiest way to do it because before it becomes a habit because once it becomes a habit it's really hard to break uh, the the most powerful thing i i think we can do when we get to this point is we can tell somebody i'm struggling one person right because yeah i mean and and, and we've said this recently right like our stories in the struggle and we don't want to publicly struggle, right? There's that fear of being judged, of you know, of of all that kind of stuff. But really, it's it's the fear of our we're we're fearing ourselves, right? We 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 are so worried about well, we're gonna I'm gonna let myself down again. But if we don't just go to somebody and say I'm struggling, that will be the case. 
right? Like that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you want to break that, go to someone and just say, I am struggling. And even if that, right, even if the person just listens, yep, that's all you need. Just verbalizing it, just saying it out loud makes it real. And then you can work on it, whatever it is. That's something I didn't do with my previous two surgeries. I gained all my weight back and then some, I didn't have that support. I didn't know where to go. Um, but by just saying I'm struggling or I need to fix this, even like, I know Jason said, you know, I have April and Jason and Laura and thousands of other people. I can literally just say, I'm struggling. And I have people who will just say, I'm an ear. Let's talk about it by verbalizing those things. And I know it's hard. I don't always like to verbalize it because it makes it real when I do, but that's when you can actually get back to your goal or get back to the track to get you to your goal. By sharing it with someone else, you're increasing your likelihood of sticking with it. And it goes back to, um, you know, sticking with the goal. It goes back to, I tell my patients, when you're here in your head, I don't want to go to therapy this week. I don't want to go to group this week. I don't want to be on social media this week. This is social media in a healthy way. (laughs) Um, That's the time you need to be a group. That's the time you need to go to therapy. And that's your warning sign. And that's what Jason was talking about. We can recognize some of these behaviors early on. Mm-hmm. And, and then what I do is then I point out, so when you have that fear, well, this is just going to be like all the other times, like it's not going to work. What I do with my clients is I point out, well, let's look at how this time is different. This time is different because you have the best surgical tool on board to treat the disease of obesity long-term. This time is different because you're not doing it by yourselves anymore. You call people, you text people, you get on social media and says, I'm struggling. This time is different because I listen to podcasts. This time is different because I joined a community. This time is different because I go to therapy. This time is different because I have a team. You know, I work with a doctor, I work with a dietitian, I work with someone an expert in movement, you know, and then start building the belief in your brain that this time is different. Mm-hmm. And we, we say that often to people, right? Because we, we have these similar conversations with people. And what I always like to point out, what we all like to point out is that what's different about this time is that you've actually recognized something is off. That is very different, right? Like, whereas before you might have unconsciously noticed this, but then your go-to was whatever you used to do. And what's different now is that you're going, oh, wait a minute, I did what I used to do, but that doesn't feel right now. That didn't, you owned it. Yeah. Right. Like that is huge. That is just mind blowing. And Jason, it's like, it's exactly what you said. That's the red flag. As soon as we realize a red flag, like ding, something does not feel right. That's the only thing that we need to be on the lookout for. That's it because that's our indicator. Yeah. And and that's the time. That's definitely the time, you know, like Laura said, it's different than the last time is because before, even if we would have recognized it, we would have just ate the feeling numb or we would have done whatever we do to get away from it. And this time we don't want to do that. And so even if we try to do it, it never is. It's that we romanticize 
how it, how good it used to be when we would eat to numbness or we would do whatever it was to make it feel better. And then when you try it again, post-op, you realize, you know, that, that romanticized veil is gone and you realize that, Oh, well, this sucks. Like this doesn't taste the way it used to, or this wasn't as great as I remember it being because now your, your body and your mind are on a different plane than they were before. So the numbing factor, like we don't need that numbing factor anymore. Like we're, we're more conditioned now to help work through the problems because that's what we've been doing since we had surgery. We've been taking problems one by one and deconstructing them and working through them the whole time. So now our mind doesn't want to run anymore. The fight or flight is gone. Like the flight part of that is gone. The fight part's like, hey, let's dig in and figure out what's going on here so that we can get to the other side of this versus just eating and, and numbing out and just kind of trudging our way through it without really accomplishing anything. Well, also, I don't know about you guys, but like when I try to numb out, I don't numb out. I just get sick. Yeah. I don't even, yeah. feel, it doesn't it's, even, I'm yeah. not even numb anymore. When right. I try to get numb, I just feel sick. And then I have to either just lay down or I'm on the toilet or like, like it doesn't actually work anymore. And I think that's also when people start to panic a little bit is they're like, oh, my previous ways of numbing out or solving the problem don't work anymore. Well, what the hell? Like, where, where am I? And what's wrong with me now? Yeah. there's there's that anger I'll often hear from my patients like you know I tried to emotionally eat this weekend and I tried to drink alcohol and it didn't even work for me anymore I am so pissed off and I just say yep I love that Jason used the word veil right because those unhealthy coping skills were serving a need for you. They were protecting you in some way. We call them defense mechanisms. We're not aware of them. But when you start doing the work, the work of weight loss surgery and we lift that veil off the defense mechanism, like this isn't the best for you, it's not gonna work because you know a different way. And the different way is healthier. It's just much harder. Oh my God, we do know the way. We're just fighting it because- <laughs> Yeah, because it is just, because it's exhausting and everything, yeah, uh, and the, the bing, right? Everything in my life has been difficult. I just want a break and I'm not going to get it. And I'm just raging against that. Well, it's the fork in the road in the path. Like we know the path, like we've traveled one path a whole bunch of times. So we know the way down that path. Well, think of it now as there's a bridge on that path and it has washed out. So there is no bridge. So the bridge is what you use to numb out or cope with. That's gone now. So now you have to find, you have to take the fork. You got to go to the right now instead of going straight down the path. You got to go this other way. Well, you may not know the way down that path like you knew the original path, but it still leads you to the same place. Like you're still going to get to this sense of, you know, accomplishment and finishing and correcting course on whatever it is that you were struggling through. It's just, you don't know exactly how to navigate the new path. You just have to get, you know, like you said, just do it. You just have to go down that new path. You're only, you can't learn it if you don't go down. Well, and April was the one way back in the day, used to always talk about the highway, right? You've been on that highway. You've been building this dirt road. You've been preparing this dirt road, April. 
now you're pouring the concrete and concrete is really heavy mm-hmm. and it's a hundred degrees outside and you don't want to pour the concrete because it's hot and it's heavy, but this and, is the time. And, and I can just sit in the shade right now because I've, I, I'm at a lower weight. I can, I can just still sit here a little while longer, but the well, reason I'm, that, sorry, I'm getting all excited. Right? But, but, but the reason that I'm feeling the way that I am, the reason I'm feeling restless is because I am not built to sit. Yeah. I'm not built to sit and I am just fighting against my nature because I'm like, no, I am not ready for this yet. I'm not ready to do this work. I am fucking tired. I've been doing it for too long. I just want this to be easy and done with, but yes. And what I heard you say about sitting. So when I teach on this, right. I call it so many of our patients get stuck in park, right? So (laughs) when they're working, they have like long-term goals and they have short-term goals. And, um, you know, so back to when you are working on treating your disease of obesity and you make that decision to have bariatric surgery, the fire is at your feet, right? So you are moving. There's still, so here's, you know, and I know people, not everyone's watching. So you're at point A, you're at that tree and there's like a lot of fire at your feet, but there's a tree across the field. That's your long-term goal where you need to get to. And as you start in that first year and you start losing weight and you get off medication and your mobility improves and you get to say goodbye to your sleep apnea machine and you're shopping and clothes off the rack, you're like, this is feeling pretty good. And you stop, if you will, like you're away from the fire, you're in the middle of the field now. So you're away from that fire, but you haven't reached your long-term goal and you stay stuck in park. Well, I'm getting compliments. I'm in a smaller size. This is okay. But then if I really talk to you and I'm hearing from April, wait, wait, this is not okay. So what you need a new goal, you need a new fire, right? That's what we need when we're stuck in park. Well, what's next? Yeah. And I guess for me, and probably for many of us, the what's next is now, how do I do this for the rest of my life? Yeah, that came up in group this week. (laughs) Well, what do I do now? And I'm like, well, we work on maintaining it. Oh, and that's the hard work I've heard all of you talk about today. And I love the phrase I've been hearing as we've turned bariatric into a verb. I don't want a bariatric anymore. Yeah, no, I don't. And I think we need to have room for that. We need to have room where we can talk about those feelings. And, but you have someone else who knows your why and can remind you of your why. Like, I know right now you want to give up, but do you remember this? Um, it's hard. You know, April, you said that you like goals that you can check off and they're done. And I think we all do, but managing the chronic disease of obesity doesn't work that way. You're never no. no, and I've heard it from Jason, Natalie, Rob. I've heard it from a lot of people because I've been pretty open about what I'm struggling with recently. And, you know, thank all of the gods for this community because I've heard from a lot of people. And the resounding answer that I get or the response that I get to that is there is no finish line. We are never done. This is it. And it's almost like the 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 maintenance phase is actually the starting line and that's a real difficult shift to make because i thought that having surgery and getting to a low weight was the check oh done 
No. I mean, it's like, I haven't even drawn the flipping box yet. And <laughs> it's just, I mean, there is no, and that's why I think I struggle with Instagram and social media. Sometimes it's all we ever want to see is the before and afters, the before and afters. Well, there's no after we're not done. We're never done. No, it's before and during. Yeah. Or, and it's before life and after life is how I, I think of it. Yeah, it's, it's a very different reality than what I thought life after surgery would be like. Mm-hmm. So much it's, more than the highlight reel. Well, yeah, because no, no, nobody wants to show you the hard work because they don't want to scare you away. They want you to have the surgery. So they have to make it all bright and shiny and package it up real nice. But, you know, once you get it, it, it it's like somebody selling you a car with a bad motor in it. The outside could look amazing. Once you pop the hood, really start digging into it, you realize there's yeah. electrical problems. There's, you know, you got to rebuild yeah. the carburetor. There's all kinds of things that are wrong with it now that you have to really get dirty doing. And then it'll show you that part because they just want you to pay the high price and get, you know, get the car out of their yard. They want it in your yard. So once you get to that point, you start realizing that, you know, this really is a nice shiny package, but what's inside of it is dark. It's deep. It's hard. Yeah. But it's worth it. We've all proven that it's worth it because we're on the other side, thriving, living better lives than we had in many, many years. So the work is worth it. It just needs to be packaged as pretty as the initial, you know, as the initial surgery was packaged. It's, it's finding the way to make it look, you know, as good as it did when we first started. Well, it, yeah. And it is both. I mean, the highlight reel is not false. The highlight reel is real. Those are real life highlights, but the, the B side is also real life. Yeah. Right. I mean, like I'm thinking about like today, like today's my, I've been married 11 years today. Happy anniversary. Thank you. And when I reflect back on those 11 years or the 15 years or the 16 years, whatever that I've known Grady, that first year of marriage was magical. And I remember thinking, how did I do this? And then being very joke, like I did this, I am in a marriage that like movies are made from, right? Like it was truly magical, blissful, amazing. It was all of the things. And then, (laughs) you know, the veil kind of came off and it was like, oh, it is still all of those things. But it's also this and this and what and oh and uh no mm, 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 you're just like wait a minute wait a minute uh, it becomes very different and now that I'm in my eleventh year of marriage I've been able to look back and go oh it is both of these things my marriage is still the marriage that movies you know romance movies are are made off of it's also the marriage where you realize oh I get why women go to jail for murdering their husbands <laughs> I understand it now. I understand all the things Um, and you need, you know, you need both of those. So it's hard to show the be real because you want to show the highlight reel. But if you want to, I guess, give people a more accurate picture, then yeah, you, you do have to show both. And and that is the struggle I think with, with weight loss surgery, that's a struggle with bariatric. That's why we say like, you know, it's so hard to tell people what the work of weight loss surgery is. And it's so hard to prepare people for it beforehand. And I think our hope is that these conversations at least let people know that, hey, when you get here in your journey, don't panic because you've heard this before. 
It's not that you're not going to be blindsided or it's not that you're not going to feel the anger and the emotion that comes with the what the hell moment, but it's that in the back of your brain, you're going to go, okay, but this is normal. This is okay. Other people, you know, this, this is the path. This is the way I'm here now. Okay. Right. This is your pin drop. You are here now. Right. Cool. Welcome. An abort situation. It's a, let's collect ourselves and let's fight it. It's not a flight situation anymore. Because you're all worth success. Mm -hmm. Each one of you is worth accomplishing your goals and you deserve to be well. And yes, we've talked about the hard work of keeping our goals, but each of you, Natalie, Jason, April have realized the benefits far outweigh the risk. Treating your disease of obesity far outweighs the risks of quitting and to fall into, it's easier to stay fat, so I'm just going to stay there. You don't. And you are all worth success. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's hard, to, it's hard to explain to people what the struggles post-op look like because not everybody's struggles are going to be the same. Right. Just like nobody, not everybody's journey is the same. So what I may struggle with, April may breeze through and what April may struggle with, Matt may breeze through. So that's why I think it's so powerful to use the community at large and find, you know, accountability partners because the more people you talk to, you'll find differences in the journeys so that you kind of will put it in perspective. Like, well, I, like, I know myself had a way easier journey than Natalie did. So I can always look at that as a bright spot and say, well, I did this and I may have struggled in certain areas, but at least I didn't have issues, you know, like then there, that, you know, whoever it may be. So it kind of also, you know, not only does it help you gain knowledge of, you know, kind of how it, could be going and also let you know the things that you didn't have to deal with. So you can kind of put it in perspective that way. Well, and really we can use the community as we, we, we can use the community for a benefit to help us stay steadily aligned. And, and my, my reasoning or my rationale for that is that if I can look out into the, the landscape and, and I don't find somebody that's like me, I can very easily say, oh, well, it's just me. Like, there's no hope, right? Like, oh, nope, I can just give up because there's no evidence out there to, to prove to me that this can be done. But if I just spend a moment in the community and I say, I'm struggling, and what echoes back to me is, oh, me too, I am like you, that's evidence that our brains cannot turn off, right? Mm-hmm. Our brains go, oh, nope, see, you can't just throw in the towel because other people have done this. There's evidence that you can be successful and our brains have a very difficult time denying that proof. And it's almost like we don't want to be the one that doesn't figure it out. We don't want to be the one that fails. So we are kind of wired to be like, oh no, well, I can't be the the one that doesn't, I can't be the one that fails. If other people have gotten through this, I need to also be on that side of the, the equation. That's, a, that's the, I think, one of the most powerful parts of, of this community and of sharing all of our different stories, because the more that we can publicize what we're gone through, our trials, our tribulations, how we move through it, it's a piece of evidence that somebody really deep down is looking for. They might not know it, but they are searching for that. They are searching for help and answer that one ingredient, that piece, that missing puzzle, because everybody I think at their core wants to live and discover their best life. 
it is scary. And, and I think the reason that I'm struggling a little bit is kind of what you said, Laura, like you said, like, you know, we deserve it. I don't know if I a hundred percent believe that yet. And that's what keeps me. Yeah. That could be a whole nother podcast. Oh, geez. Uh, Because if you don't believe you're worthy of success, if you don't believe you're worthy of accomplishing your goals, then you won't. And so then we have some other head work to do. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. This conversation. I feel, I feel like I need a, I need a a vacation from this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I need to go sit on a beach and and really think about everything that, that went into this. Do it. (laughs) Talking to Laura, literally every time we talk, Laura, it's just magical. I love it. So let's, let's take a a few minutes and let's kind of, let's, let's bring this back home. Right. So we, we have deep dive into, you know, why goals are different, why why it's hard to to stay aligned to them. We've talked to, we we've reflected on how we have reached goals that were important to us in our lives. So what, what are our big takeaways? What are the big things or, and the, or the little things that we can do to not give up on our goals? So when, when we reach that part where it gets really, really difficult how can we pivot? What, what should we do to, to reach those goals? So I said in the beginning, I always love for people to leave with something hands-on. So I'm going to encourage all of you to create what I call a win box. I want you to look at your journey since you've had bariatric surgery. And I want you to use little sticky notes and write on each one something you've accomplished, um, which is going to be full of non-scale victories, things you did. So I always say celebrate your win. So start collecting them, start writing them down put them in a journal, put them in your phone. I love putting them in a little pretty box. And then on the days you're discouraged and you want to give up and you think life is just too hard. I can't do it. You pull the box out and you start reading them and you remind yourself, Hey, I did all of this. I did all of this. I've accomplished this. I can now do this. I love love it. Yep. Yeah. Jason, Nat, what about you? What what are kind of your big takeaways from this conversation? What are you going to try or what would you recommend people try? I know for me, I'm going to, you know, take my own advice of, you know, staying the course and doing the things that I know made me successful in the first place to, you know, whether that's getting back to where you were and what you were doing before, you know, there may be some rearranging that you have to do and that's okay. Like there's not, it doesn't make you a bad person. doesn't make you a bad patient. It just means you took your eye off the ball. And now we've got to get back focused on what really matters, you know, bring your why into the forefront. Those are all things that are going to help you kind of realign with what you need to do to get back to where you want to be. So I know myself, I'm back above 300 pounds. So I'm really trying to get back down to that, you know, 299 or lower number. So those are the things that I'm implementing now to start heading back towards the, you know, where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, I'd say for myself, uh, I always encourage people to reach out to mental health professionals. Um, I will scream into the ether about therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am a big proponent. I've been in therapy steadily for the last three years now, and it's changed my life. So find someone Um, I know it's hard. It's kind of like dating. Uh, You have to find the therapist that's right for you, but it is worth it. Um, Obviously, Laura is a great resource. Um, We have other 
great resources. Um, Sarah, Jason's wife is a great resource. Uh, Tanisha Malone is a great resource. Um, and then I also recently went through life coaching sessions with Rodolfo. So finding a, a good life coach is also very helpful, um, and has been very helpful for me in implementing new mindset and, um, helping me reach my goals. Um, and then again, I know we said it a lot in this podcast, but finding your community, finding people that you can lean on when, uh, times get tough because they will get tough. If you're in the honeymoon stage, that's awesome, but find your support system now because it will get hard. Um, so I think finding, um, your community, whether it's a podcast or Berry Nation membership or just Instagram, finding your people is really important. It's very important. Yeah. You know, and I think for me, there's, I got a couple takeaways from this conversation, but I, I need to work on being still more often. I need to work on connecting back with myself and, and just giving myself some space, space and grace to, to just think about what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I really had an epiphany the other night. I'm just very restless. So I realize now I'm tired of sitting. I'm tired of waiting to do the work. I just need to go do it. But I'm very much an all or nothing person. So I want to do all the things at one time. And it just, I, I imagined the other day, I was like, oh my God, my life is a door, a regular size door. And I'm trying to jam 50 things through that door at one time. And all it does is jam it up where nothing gets through. And the only way that things are going to move through that door, the only way that I'm going to get to where I can see is for me on the other side of the door is to go through one thing at a time. So I really need to just you know, think about what are all the things that I could do to help me reach that goal and just do one thing at a time, try one thing at a time. And if that one thing doesn't work, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. I didn't waste my time because I figured out that was not the thing for me. So I need to shift my mindset when it comes to that and just do the things and be more open and honest about what I'm trying, what I'm doing, what I'm experiencing continue to reach out to the community. I can't believe the outpouring that I received just by going on stories, Instagram flipping stories. I ended up having a one hour conversation with our, my very good friend, Rob, because he just reached out and he was like, Hey, you're struggling. If you want help, I am here. I do want help. And I was so proud of myself because he said, Hey, can, can you talk right now? And I said, no, can I call you in 30 minutes? I need to do X, Y, and Z. I need, I want to be present for our conversation and I can't be present now. So can you give me 30 minutes? Hell yeah. That's what he said. And I, we talked for an hour and in that hour conversation, he probably said 10,000 things. And out of the 10,000 things he said, I said, I'm going to try two things, two things, but thank God he offered me 10,000. So I could look from his giant ass, you know, here and go, Oh, those two I'm going to, I'm going to take. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Like, how powerful is that? I, I can listen, I can look around and I can, I can pick, pick from what's out there, but yeah, I mean, the, the community, the stillness, you know, just being open to, to learn. And I, I also, I can also find myself that it's like, I need to know all the things before I can make a decision and try it. Nope. I'm going to take one thing and I'm going to try that one thing and I'm going to keep learning and I'm going to do all this stuff, but I just need to implement and, you know, and, and, and we're all going to check in with each other. Right. But taking the moment to say, is this working or is this not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. And then, 
right? The most powerful line that I read from a recent book, The Slight Edge, said that the Apollo missions were off course 29 every 30 minutes. They were off course. They were only go, they were only on course one minute out of every 30. And I just sitting here going, you gotta be kidding me, but yet got to the moon and back. So I, I don't have to be per like the path to the goal, the path to the end is 99% of the time not going in the way that it's supposed to go. So those little tiny or big course corrections is just how you get there. But you don't know you have to course correct unless you're checking in with yourself. Well, it's like that graph. I mean, we've all seen it right on social media where it's like what we think success looks like. It's a straight line, you mm -hmm. know, up what it actually looks like. It's all squiggly and right. yeah, whatever. It's like, that's, that's success. If you can course correct, if you can check in yep. and notice that you're falling off course, then, then you're doing it. So yes. Yep. Are there I any resources today? I don't, right. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us just growing and glowing together. I love it. Are there any resources that we would recommend to our friends and followers who are listening or watching besides what we've already said, right? The, the reaching out, finding a community, becoming a mesh, not being afraid to say I'm struggling, right? Are there any other things? I cannot recommend Laura's course more. Laura, will you tell people about your course that you yeah, thank you. So I would love for um, our listeners to go to my website, lauragrabo.com. And there's a little video there of the introductory to my foundations and headwork for healthy weight loss course. And it's my passion to get the headwork tools out because you're not getting them in your bariatric binder. So it's a wonderful course where we jump into changing behavior by looking at our thoughts, exiting our emotional eating roller coaster, saying yes to yourself and that your health needs are essential. And then what we talked about today, um, building and using a support team. So I would love to invite people into working and developing those foundational headwork skills needed to have success. It is amazing. I, I have taken the course myself. It was extremely beneficial. And I swear, I'm not, I'm not where I want to be, but the reason that I am so far along is because I have accessed the resources like your course, like other things that are out here in the community. Yeah. It, yeah, monumental, monumental. And of course, like uh, we, we always recommend podcasts, connecting with other people. The three books that I've read recently that have made a huge difference, Atomic Habits, The Slight Edge, and how to change by Katie Milkman. Those are my top three. And I've also been reading the daily stoic and listening. I've been listening to podcasts again. I get, I know it sounds crazy. I love podcasts. We obviously make one ourselves and I stop listening detrimental to my health. So keep <laughs> listening, keep watching my friends. <laughs> Laura, where can people find you um, on Instagram? Yeah. Um, just find me at, at bariatric.therapist. I would love to welcome more people in my community. Absolutely. And we would love to welcome you into the Variation community. If you're looking for that extra layer of support, Laura is an expert in the community. She leads support groups. So our support groups are led by therapists and they are a safe place for you to just explore uh, and talk about what, what you are feeling and experiencing. They are they're private. They're not recorded. It isn't anything like that. It's just a safe place for you to connect, learn, and grow with other people. So if you're interested in seeing what the community is all about, head to our website. It's just barrynation.com. And you have 14 days to try the community before you commit to, to paying uh, for that membership there. So we invite you to, to, to do so. Laura, is there anything you'd like to, to leave us with? 
just thank you. Thank you for being here. It's been great to be back with you guys. We love our time with you. Thank you for your time and expertise. We know you're an extremely busy individual. And we are just so thankful that you are such a prominent and active member of our community. We are successful because of you. So thank you. You're welcome. Jason, my friend, you want to take us out? Yes, ma'am. Uh, we just also would like to thank all of you guys for, you know, all your support, the likes, the shares, the follows, the subscriptions, and telling friends to come join and check us out. We couldn't do what we do without you guys. And Laura, you are very, very intertwined in all that we do. And we thank you so much for being amazing as well. And just remember at the end of the day, you've got this, we've got you, and we'll see you next time. Awesome. Bye guys. Bye-bye.